Get the skinny on Cincinnati sports with Richard Skinner only on Local12.com and the Local12 News app. Exclusive content, in-depth analysis, podcasts, and more. Cincinnati sports news 24-7. Get the skinny only on Local12.com and the Local12 News app. of the Angry Quarterbacks Podcast. I'm Richard Skinner from Local 12 and Local12.com with the real quarterback Tony Pike in studio. On the phone line, James Rapine from SI.com. We broadcast today from the Is Duke Tobin Finally on the Hot Seat studio? And will he come out of hiding at some point? Because we know Zach Taylor sure should be. (laughs) Fellas, I want to start with this. I want to start with a quote from the inimitable rookie wide receiver T. Higgins who says the following when asked, Did they do anything different defensively in the second half, meaning the Miami Dolphins? Mm. He says, preparing for them, we saw a lot of cover zero, a lot of man, a lot of cover one. Towards the end of the game, they started playing cover two, and we didn't think they were ever going to do that. They showed it, and I just think we weren't ready for it. So on top of all of the mess from yesterday, and there's a lot to unravel from the mess, I'm starting with that quote, fellas, because that tells me right there that today should be the jumping off point for Zach Taylor. That's enough for me. What say you, Tony Pike? Cover two is something that is taught in junior high football right now. I am I am one hundred percent confident that every player on that so roster. It's a safety on a hash. Yeah. And a safety on a hash. On another hash, and they have the deep half of the field. They split it. Two. Yes. Two, two. Two. Cornerbacks have the flats. Okay. And the, and the backers will drop into a curl flat zone. Oh. It is a defense, right? Designed to take away a lot of the quick game that right. the Bengals try to implement. Okay. That. Brandon Allen had success with in the first half. Huh. It is also a defense where you should be able to run the ball more because there's less numbers. I will guarantee you every player on the Bengals roster knows what cover two is. Oh, I'm sure they've I got plenty of things schemed for cover two. On how you don't know what to do against a cover two as an offensive genius. And I would say, James Rapine, that sometimes I take players with a grain of salt that they're saying things that sometimes they don't even know what they're saying and etc. But the proof is in the pudding with the third quarter minus four yards, 25 yards in the second half total. It tells me that whatever Miami did differently, the Bengals had no plan to, to do anything differently to them. And that's the key here. Is It's one thing, oh, the rookie misspoke, right? And I, that's probably what Zach would say, uh, right? No, but he would say watch the, the film. The, but the numbers speak for themselves. And Yeah, watch the film. I watched an offense that couldn't move the ball at all and couldn't do anything, and you're right, he's supposed to be the next Sean McVay. He's supposed to be this offensive trendsetter that, that gets them to this, this next level, and they had 25 total yards in the second half. I mean, was that Tony Pike playing against Florida or the Bengals Ooh, playing against more. the Dolphins? I mean, it's, it, it, you did. You moved the ball. Hell, you had 25 yards on the first possession of that game <laughs> in the Sugar Bowl. So it, it's uh, – to me, that was the type of loss. We've talked about Zach Taylor's future a lot. That was the type of loss that makes the, the people that can actually make the decision and determine Zach Taylor's future, it makes them scratch their head and start to ask questions. I, I do think that. So if there's any positive that comes out of, of Sunday's awful, ugly, ridiculous game, it's that. I think that the Browns and, and the Blackburns, they're talking right now. I've heard this, and, and, and I saved, I've saved probably every transcript in, in some kind of Word file uh, of Zach Taylor, and I, I probably just need to pull the ones out of the last few games. He, made it, he, he said it again yesterday, and it feels like it's a broken record, that, quote, I just need to put us in better situations. Well, then do that! 
Quit yeah. talking about it and do it. I don't know if he knows how to do it. That's the and problem. And that's the problem. Because here, essentially, like, if, if I'm a salesman and I just keep going to my boss and I'm not selling anything, but I, you know what? The relationship I have with this client is really good. And we're really close on this client. You're not in there in the closed door meetings that I'm having with this group. We're really close to getting a deal, but yet I never get a deal done. Right, right. How long am I going to have a job? Not Eventually, long. you have to show something. So, look, for, for the Bengals, for Zach Taylor, I, I think it's one of two things. From the top down, either they know that Zach Taylor is not the guy and they're choosing not to do anything about it, which is a problem because they just don't care, or they seem to think that because Joe Burrow's hurt and we have these other injuries that he gets a free pass. Either one is a problem. But both result back to the front office needs to step up and do something. Correct, correct. Um, do, do either one of you think the New York Giants are a good football team? No. James, no. do you? No. Okay. So Joe Judge, in his first year as Giants head coach, with a backup quarterback, you know how many games he's won this year now? And he won one of them with a backup quarterback in a pretty tough place to win in Seattle? Yes. Five wins for Joe Judge in one year with a crappy football team. Yeah. Zach Taylor in two years. Four wins. So, I mean, I, I could keep pulling out stat after stat after stat. I, I am at the stage of literally beating my head against the wall. And like I said, the T. Higgins quote to me was damning. It was completely the one where you go, oh, yeah. my God. Okay. And, and how, I guess, I'm, I'm asking this rhetorically, it, it's hard to fathom that anybody else doesn't see this in the organization. But here's the thing, Skinny. This, this resorts back to what we talked about last week. Because if there was a veteran quarterback in the quarterback meeting room this week, and they didn't have a plan for cover two, what would that quarterback be saying? He'd Holy be cow. Yeah. I, I, I truly believe, you said it last week, I full, I truly believe that's why they didn't want a guy I in there. I truly believe that too. Because there's not a guy being like, holy cow, you, what, what is going on in here? And that's why, what have we talked about? Zach Taylor came in the offseason, they went and they reached out to Dunlap, right? They're going to take away his snaps. Take away Geno Atkins' snap. They want to make sure that the guys that have been here the longest don't really have a say anymore. Sean Williams resorted to a backup. Zach Taylor wants to make sure his guys are in there like, hey, this is what we're doing. Trust me. Yeah. Go with me. And he doesn't want any voices saying, wait a second, why? But why, why are we doing that? Right. Why don't we have a game plan for that? Because as much as you, you say Joe Judge, there are enough pieces on this roster that coaches in the NFL could find a way to win games with oh, this no, team. No, no, that's my point. Joe Judge has found a way with that crappy yes. team and a backup quarterback going to Seattle yesterday to get to a fifth win. Yes. So Zach Taylor may finish this year without getting ever to a fifth win. So then, then there you have it. That's the answer. There are pieces on this roster that other coaches can win with. You don't have one that can win with it. Why is he still the coach? I, I Honestly, I can't fathom it. I, I can't any longer. Yes, yesterday, to me, was the clear cut. If there was ever a jumping off point, yesterday was, was, was clearly it. All right, um, the, the game was messy, and, and some of it, I know we all, there, there's, everybody always wants to lump everything together. Um, James, do you hold him at all accountable for the Tyler Boyd reaction? Do you hold him at all accountable for what Mike Thomas did to start the fight? Or is all of that independent of, of each other and just the product of a messy game? I mean, of course he is accountable. He's the head coach. So ultimately you hold him accountable. And he wanted to clearly hold the the officials accountable. And I think part of that is is rightfully so after the game. uh, He was frustrated. Sure. Uh, But but the reality is, is that's a reflection of you. Whatever happens, that's that's it. Well, good, bad, indifferent, right? We gave him credit after the Titans game. So if there's a loss, we're going to give him the, the blame. 
And the same thing goes here is this team, that, that lack of, of discipline and again, losing Tyler Boyd is a huge loss. And while I, the ejection, I, I get it's the rule, I guess, if you throw a punch yeah. in the league and yeah. stuff. That's, but, I, 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 no, I agree. I wouldn't have ejected either, no, I either guy, by yeah. the way. And, and, and so that's that. But then can he control the Dolphins' reaction? Not necessarily. But here's the reality. Mike Thomas got called for back-to-back penalties, and I asked him about this after the game. And then he sent him back out there right. and for, for, for that third punt. And I think at, at some point – if you don't want the Dolphins to react, then then maybe you don't send them out there that third time. And obviously they reacted before that. So I, I, I don't know. I don't really necessarily blame Zach for that, and I think that stuff can happen. But but I do think that that gave Miami even more momentum if that was possible. Uh, and Brian Flores and the way he responded was certainly uh, – you know, Zach was yelling at the officials. It seemed like Brian was yelling at the Bengals' side. Yes, I think he was for sure. I watched I watched a team rally around their coach that got fired up. And I watched the team make the halftime adjustments they needed to make. And the announcers even went out of their way at the first drive to say, I guarantee it wasn't a good locker room at halftime for the Dolphins. No, and they changed to the up-tempo, I, and the up-tempo yeah, got threw I, the Bengals off balance a little I, bit. I guarantee that, that voices were raised, and I guarantee that, that a tone was set. And we've talked about tone being set for a while now with this Bengals team. Look, the Tyler Boyd thing, I, I don't blame Zach because he was over there pretty quick trying, yeah, to, yeah. trying to dissolve that. And, I don't and that's think, why I said everybody wants to lump it all together. I think yeah. there's, there's individuals. There's a, there's, a, there's a separation. Yes. Mike Thomas shouldn't have been back out there on Correct. the punt team. Um, Not for the third one. Right. The first one I think we'll agree that was an iffy. That was a he tried yeah. to, The second one looked Just blatantly bad. dirty. Just bad. Blatantly dirty. And when it, when it leads to a player being injured, and you, you talk about player safety so much, who would have known the Tyler Boyd thing would have had the impact it did because we obviously didn't have – you know, an, an answer if Tyler Boyd's not out there, we, we couldn't do anything. Offense went in the tank. You know, you, Giovanni Bernard had two catches. Uh, A.J. Green had one target, zero catches. That that was the game plan, right? You get punched in the face, and you just keep taking it. Like, you don't adjust anything. You just take punch after punch after punch. Meanwhile, Miami makes the adjustments. And the most telling picture of all, what I thought was absolutely crazy, was the picture of uh, both teams in the scuffle. And if you look behind the Bengals, the whole Bengals offensive line is just sitting on the bench. Like, just casually, like, sitting there watching. Although, supposedly, after the game, Quentin Spain went up the tunnel after some guys. Incredible. It's... It was, when you start to lose control like that over the course of a game, and things start to fall apart publicly, right? Because when that happens, Zach Taylor can't come out and say, things are great in the locker room. Things are fine. We're seeing that it's I've not. Got, I've got to put us in better situations, in better positions. Yeah. Yeah. Well, please do at some point. I'd, I'd like to see that. We've got four, four chances left. L- let me go back to Joe Judge for a second, because Joe Judge also did something during the season that was quite interesting, when he was having an issue with his offensive line coach. What did he do that offensive line mm. coach? He fired him. And I realize that Zach Taylor doesn't have an issue with Jim Turner. You don't have to. Watch the film. They're but, better. But <laughs> that, that's the part for me. Um, it did look like, James, they were making some improvements. And maybe it was just dumb luck. Maybe that one week all the stars aligned against Tennessee. We saw how good Tennessee is. But the last two games, it, they, they haven't run the ball for, for diddly poo, to quote Jim, Jim Moore, I think 40 yards in each of the last two <laughs> games on the ground. Bobby Hart was a literal turnstile. He got his quarterback hit. Cost two he injuries. got Jonah Williams hurt. So at what point do we hold now the offensive line? And that's, what, that's my fear is at the end of the year, 
Yep. Zach Taylor stays, and Lou Anarumo gives the fall guy, and, and Jim Turner is the fall guy, and that's still not going to make this team any better. But, but you know, when you look at this, he went to bat for Jim Turner, and I just don't see any improvement whatsoever, James. You're 100% spot on. They haven't improved. They, they sucked yesterday. They should have been ran for a buck fifty minimum. That should have been their game plan. And the, the Dolphins entered allowing 4.8 yards per carry. We don't think... Guys, you don't think the Bengals' defense is good at stopping the run, right? We agree with that. Sure. They're not good against the run. Correct. Okay. Well, they were giving up the same yards per carry as the Dolphins going into Sunday's game. And so the fact that you couldn't somehow manufacture a run game, and that doesn't mean Giovanni Bernard up the middle, get creative offensive genius and work with your offensive line and, and beat the Dolphins in the one area where you might be able to have some success. And they couldn't do it. They didn't do it. And, yeah, it, it's it's on Jim Turner. It's also on Zach Taylor, obviously. It, it's it's on all of them, and you're right. That is the fear. And I think there are some people out there that think Lou Anarumo's the problem. By the way, the defense, 20 points or less the past three weeks. Yeah. Uh, Jim Turner's the problem. Zach Taylor's trying to build the right culture. No, those are Zach's guys. I don't want to hear that. That's those right. are the guys Zach brought in. Those are the guys Zach hired and that Zach has defended. And if they're going to go, he should go to – and that's how you fix this. You know, firing Anarumo and firing Turner, that's not going to be enough. Because guess what? No good coordinator is coming to Cincinnati right. for eight games at Zach Taylor and then getting fired after two and six next No, that, that's, so that's, that's that, I, I, I would clean house. And that, that's the interesting point to all that, James, is, is, is you're right. Is, is somebody really going to take that job knowing you're coaching for what could be a lame duck coach? Did Jack Del Rio want to come here? I don't know. I know. I don't he, think so. I, I mean, I, I was, mean no. was 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 Lou Anarumo the first choice? Of course, no, no. Of course not. He was the fifth or sixth choice, probably. Um, Jim Turner was questioned from day one, and Zach Taylor went to bat for him multiple times. O line's not good. They're getting people hurt. I mean, Bobby Hart was a freaking embarrassment. Bobby Hart was making some business yes. decisions in that game. That's embarrassing. And now you're getting people hurt. And you're affecting other people's careers. I mean, Jonah Williams, if I'm him and I go look at that tape today, yep. I, I'm not mad at anybody other Brandon than Allen? the right tackle. I'm going to go kick his ass. What if you're Brandon Allen? How do you feel about things right. today? Just completely letting you go. And then the, another, the next thing, do those linemen, do they start scuffles? Do they pick guys up when they get knocked down? They just mope around and stand there. So, okay, let's, let's get rid of Lou Anaruma. Let's get rid of Jim Turner. Who's chomping at the bit to come here? No one, because and, and that's why yesterday it, became the jumping off point yes. for all of it. And that's why, it, to me, it's. I mean, Zach truth, truth be told, it should be Darren Simmons for the last four games, and let's just yep. move on forward from there. I mean, if if again, I, I I go back to this so much, it is an attractive job still for coaches, as long as Joe Burrow heals to one hundred percent. It is an attractive job with the pieces that are here. You have job security built in, based on what Mike Brown and this organization have been. I mean. We, we, we crushed Marvin and won Marvin out of here for winning six, seven, eight games. That looks like sal- the salad days. Like it, it's it's going to be back-to-back two-win seasons. When you when you looked at the, at the creativity yesterday, and while the Bengals aren't very creative offensively, and, I don't, and, and I'm not just talking gadget plays, the Tyler Boyd throwback was kind of cute, and it almost worked. Yeah. You know? Okay, try it. But, but I'm looking at, at Miami, which um, they don't run the ball particularly well, although Miles Gaskett did run for 90 and 4.3 a pop. But coming in, they, they weren't running running the ball great. But they got Lynn Bowden a perimeter touch. They mm-hmm. got him four catches on the perimeter. They got those little touch jet sweep. They're really runs, but they're technically passes because he catches the snap and flips it forward to J- J- Jakeem Grant in space. 
Bengals, their best thing is occasionally a quick jet sweep to the slowest man on the planet, Alex Erickson. There's um, their creativity. Yes, and, and, and if I were to ask you, and, and honestly, about this roster, when Tyler Boyd exits the game, who's your second best option behind T. Higgins? It, it looked like it was Alex Erickson down the stretch. You would think. I would, <laughs> I would, I would assume it would be Giovanni Bernard with what he can do in space. And yet he had two targets for minus one yards. Like That, to me, you have to be able to adjust in the National Football League. And we see it at halftime. We see it when guys go down with injury. We see it when guys are lost like Tyler Boyd yesterday. This staff is unable to adjust in games. And when you can't adjust in game and your game plan is trash to begin with, it's not a good combination. James, when you make the right hire and you you figure out what your plan is to rebuild, the Miami Dolphins look like a great blueprint for that, right? I mean, last year at this time, they were a laughing stock. They were playing better at this point, but still a laughing stock looking to get the first draft pick. And here they are in the span of one year, eight and four in playoff bound. This can be done, but you can't sit on your thumbs. And it can be done quick. Yes. And, and that's the thing is, is if, you, if you're aggressive this offseason and it starts by bringing in the right coaching staff, obviously, that has a vision. And not vision as in we're going to build it and this culture is going to take 72 years. No. A vision as in this is what we're going to do in March. This is what we're going to do in April, April, so free agency in the draft. And then by August and September, we're going to hit the ground rolling and be good to go. And we're going to have four wins much, much quicker than Zach Taylor uh, had four wins, which took him 24 games. That, that's just the, the reality of things. And I could see a lot of guys coming in here and being able to do that. But it's up to the Bengals to, one, had the self-esteem to say, all right, we're moving on from Zach Taylor and we're going to go upgrade. And and I, I think there are some that are like, oh, who, who wants to coach the Bengals? And I do. I think that there's um, a segment of the fan base that thinks that. It, but five, $5 million, $5 million a year is going to get you somebody. And they, they pay. They pay. Well, well I was talking uh, with multiple people uh, talking about the enemy because the enemy is going to be a hot name. And they're like, would he even come here? And I'm like, he wanted the job two years ago. Right. Like, this that's idea right. that they can't get – Someone that, that's going to be capable of doing that, I, I, I think that's silly. So, yeah, yeah, I think that this is – it's realistic to have a goal, if you're the Bengals, to be the, to be the 2020 Dolphins in 2021. They can be in that position a year from now. But it's what do they do first with Zach, and then what do they do from a personnel standpoint in March and April? And if they're aggressive and they do the right things, then I could certainly see a path and certainly see a scenario where we're talking about Joe Burrow and the Bengals at 8-4 and four in 2021. I'm not saying it's likely, but I certainly think it's possible if they push the right button. Yes, yeah. no, but, I... but that's assuming that the organization makes the right moves. That's assuming that Duke sure. Tobin is the guy tasked with doing that, and he and can somehow— And I don't think he should be either. Right, and that, that's where I, and, I agree and before, with that as and before well. somebody listening goes, well, isn't he partly responsible for those teams that made playoff runs? I may give you some of that, but listen, in, in this league, it is a what have you done for me lately. There, yes. there are guys that have built Super Bowl teams that three or four years later, they're not doing it right, and they go, see you later. I mean, you this don't is, get to say, hey, I was part of a team that built playoffs. Right. They're talking about Doug Peterson's job in Philly. Yeah. Like three yeah, years three years after Super Bowl. Yeah, three years Who after Super Bowl. with a backup quarterback right. in the Super Bowl. Here's what I, here's what I think is, is telling about what's going on. You've had three opportunities this year to look across the field as an organization, at what you could be. Yesterday with Miami, and Flores came over and punked you, 
and twice with Cleveland. Right. Because Cleveland was a dumpster fire last year. They hired the wrong guy who wasn't qualified for the job, and they said, you know what? We messed up. We're moving on from Freddie Kitchens. I don't care if he didn't get his time. I don't care if the contract's not fulfilled. And what did they do? They brought in Kevin Stefanski, and then everyone says, well, they're, you know, they're winning with smoke and mirrors. They were up 38-7 yesterday, but, and they're 9-3. and three. Here's the thing. They were winning with smoke and mirrors. But you know what? The bottom line is, what were they doing? Winning. Winning. And they're 9-3, and three, and they were a dumpster fire last year. The Miami Dolphins were at 0-7 with you last year as an organization. Look where they're at. Look where the Browns are at. And look where you're trending to. If that's not enough to wake you up and, and make you look in the mirror and say, we have to do something now, then guess what? As a fan base and as an organization, good luck selling to these fans who have sat back all offseason and said, you know what? Why do I need to go to why do I need to go to games? I can sit at home, spend less money, and I can turn this off when I want to. You're trying to sell to a fan base to come back to the stadium to recoup money that you lost. You're gonna do that with Zach Taylor as the guy? Good luck. Right. Like that, that that's a tough sell. Yeah, I, I would agree with that. James, final thoughts on the Bengals before I ask one one generic NFL question. It's an impossible sell. That's what that is. I mean, that, that's the reality. Like, if you keep Zach Taylor for, for next season and, and move on from co- coordinators and things like that, he's going to start out two and six or one and seven. It, it, it's going to be bad. He's going to lose close games. It, it, the proof is done. Like, we are, we have two year sample size now. It's done. That stuff is going to happen. And when that does, you're going to fire him mid season. And you're going to have an interim coach, and then you're going to have to go from there. So if you don't want to have that situation, which is what happened to the Browns, by the way, and led them down to the path of Freddie Kitchens, yep, yep. then guess what? Guess what you do? You make the move now. Yes. It, it is, it, you, Richard, you said it. It's a what-have-you-done-for-me-lately league. Well, guess what? Zach Taylor hasn't done anything in the league. Not, not, only <laughs> le- not, <laughs> not just lately, nothing. And, and the fact that he's 423-1 and one, that's it. And that's one in thirty-one. That's Hugh Jackson but without the resume. That, that's what it is. And, and I hope they realize it at Paul Brown Stadium. And maybe an ugly loss like Sunday's against the Dolphins. Maybe that was just enough to, to open their eyes. Yeah. Uh, lastly, and I, I think it was um, it was either during a late commercial, maybe two minute warning. Probably wasn't because I was finishing writing at that point. So it must have been right as the game ended, waiting for zooms. And I'm watching Red Zone, and I'm watching the end of the Raiders and Jets. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> I, was Okay, the question is this. It's, it's, it's an A or B. Was it a bad defensive call or was it a tank job? James, you first. It's a bad defensive call. Greg Williams is extremely aggressive. Yes, he is. He does that all-out blitz nonsense, and it was uh, – I, I think that's it. And the, the other aspect of this, I, I wouldn't put it past Greg – to want to get Adam Gase fired so he can be the interim head coach may, for a couple and, of and games. Maybe. Maybe. <laughs> Maybe. So so your tank job's a little different oh. than my tank job, I guess. My tank job is about yeah. the, the first round pick or the first overall pick, obviously. Um look, it was obviously a terrible call to, to call an all out blitz. But can the corner not get run by? Can you just let him but can you like play twenty five yards off? The Raiders are out of timeouts. All you have to do is keep things in front of you. But why would you want a one on one? You see receivers every week make plays one on one. That 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 to me is a tank job. That's like, hey, that's what I'm thinking. Too. I, think, like, I think there's a combination. I think I think James hit on a little bit. I think I think part of the tank job isn't just the first overall pick. It's Greg Williams, and there's obviously there's been animosity between those look, two. It's like, hey, we showed enough today 
that we could win. This is <laughs> like you want to talk about moral victories because we do that in Cincinnati a yes, lot. We do. That was a moral victory yesterday for the Jets. Uh, Goodness gracious. Don't close it out. I've no, I'm not sure I've ever seen something like that. That's That That may be one of the dumbest plays in the history of the NFL, yeah. but it looked like a tank shot. How big would that have been? How big would that have been for the Bengals oh. and the Jaguars? If the Jags would have oh. won? Close. Man, oh. I, was, I was getting excited. Yeah. Almost as excited as Andy Dalton coming to town. Can't wait for that. Can't wait for that. I, I'm, I'm, I'm secretly rooting for Andy to go 25 of 33 yeah. for about 320. Yeah. I don't think that's probably. I just want, I want Andy to get Th- through that's tonight. That's the dagger, right? Yes. If, oh no if, doubt. If Andy goes, if he goes Baker Mayfield on yes. him and, and throws four touchdowns in the first half at Paul Brown Stadium, like that's, does Zach Taylor make it to the third quarter? <laughs> we need Andy Dalton to get through tonight. Yeah, that's a good point. He's got to get through Ravens. tonight first. That, that's a also fact. or tomorrow night actually. They, yeah. they play Tuesday night. Also, can we just major shout-out to the GOAT, Travis Kelsey, first tight end ever, 5,000-yard receiving seasons? How about the one catch? Was it the end of the first half where, the he, stiff arm. where he just yeah. took the guy and threw him away? The GOAT. Like, yeah. Elite. Yeah, he is, he's, he is superb. There's no Ooh. question. James, we appreciate it very Kyle much. Pitt? Maybe the Bengals, part of their, their plan is to get Kyle Pitts. Wow. I like to be the next Kelsey. Maybe Man, Josh Wiley. Problem is, they won't know how to do it. <laughs> they, won't, they won't know how to use him. They'll... They'll Joe dra- Brady will. They'll draft him and, and they, move him to tackle. Dude, you don't seem to understand. They drafted a guy in the second round who's the best blocking tight end in that draft, as you recall. <laughs> That's right. So they don't need another tight end. They don't need they don't need no Kyle Pitts. They got Uzama coming back and the best blocking tight end in the draft. Just remember that at all times. James, we appreciate it. Is that it. worse than the road record? Is that worse than the road record? Uh, oh, 14 and 1, baby. I will I will. Oh. I will forever have etched in my brain the visual of Ryan Finley after like that second series on the sideline. Like, hey, I just I've been benched for two games for Brandon Allen, and now I'm in here getting my 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 face beat in. Hey, I I I told you this. I said there'd be three <laughs> different quarterbacks start before between last week and the end of the year. I think I'm gonna be right. I think we're gonna get another Finley. We're gonna get a Hogan at some point. Allen will come back. Man, what a what poor a th- Ryan Finley. That guy's confidence has to be sky high right now. He again looked like he didn't want. I like the flip pass on the run. Like, get him, you take it. It's like backyard football. Oh, I think he was like laughing, running off the field at one point. Just yeah, here we oh go again. Tony looks like Napoleon Dynamite. Yeah, a little bit, a little bit, a little bit. All right, Tony, I'll talk some college football. We'll talk to you next week, James Rapine. Thank you. Yeah, thanks, guys. All right, James Rapine from SI.com. When we continue, we'll talk some college football where the UC Bearcats still have one game left to play. We had an interesting finish to two unbeaten two teams. Two ga- Well, yeah, the, the, one we'll regular season. We'll talk about that. One regular season. We'll talk about that. We will. Okay, we'll talk about that. And will Ohio State get that sixth game in this week with Michigan, or will Michigan say Bafangul? Uh, we got a little high school football to talk wow. about as well. It's the Aaron Quarterbacks Podcast from ESP Media, powered by Sidearm Sports. Accurate Masonry has over a decade of specialized experience with commercial masonry services. Just as important as our skills and professional focus is our dedication to customer service and satisfaction. Call our Cincinnati location today at 513-769-3300. That's 513-769-3300. Or visit our website at accuratemasonryllc.com to discuss your next project. Accurate Masonry, we're here to help. Getting answers, finding solutions. Local 12 News investigates. As soon as we called you, everything happened very quickly. Not afraid to ask the tough questions. Taking action, getting the truth. Local 12 News investigates. 
Welcome back into segment two of the Angry Quarterbacks podcast. Richard Skinner and Tony Pike with you. James Rapine has gone back to the cement mixer where uh, he joined us in segment one. I, we do appreciate his input. We're still trying to figure out where he was calling from. Where do you think, if you had to guess the visual of where he was, uh, T. Pike, where might he have been? He was in a cement mixer. And, and about halfway through that segment, the he's, mixer started, he started spinning. He started mixing. Uh, good stuff. All right, let's talk some college football where UC uh, had the weekend off. Ohio State did play and win. Uh, they've got Michigan supposedly this week. We'll see if that, uh, that Michigan can't out. play this week. They're, they're gotta, working on that Harbaugh extension. And I got to get to Kentucky where they did exactly what I asked them to do. They got rid of Eddie Grand. Thank Woo! goodness. Woo-hoo. Um, all right, you you said you said during the break you've got a couple of interesting scenarios for me. We we almost had one play out to some degree to help you see Texas A&M was losing in the second half to Auburn, came back to win. It still wasn't overly impressive. Yeah. I don't think Auburn's a great team, so that didn't do much to move my needle for Texas A&M. Uh, again, we talked about Florida's going to have to beat Alabama anyway. So give me give me the couple scenarios you're you're okay, looking at. So UC's not going to they're not going to get jumped by anybody. Not now. They don't have to worry about anyone behind. Agreed. Them. If BYU beats Coastal by 30, maybe maybe you start being concerned. All you're worried about is what's ahead of you. That's correct. And the only thing that can help ahead of you is if other teams fall. Right. Like, let's be honest. You're, you're not going to win against Tulsa and jump Texas A&M. That's correct. So for me, if I'm the American Athletic Conference, why in the world would you play back-to-back weeks? It's a good question. Because here's, here's my thing. If UC beats Tulsa like they should... Then you have to try to beat them again. But then the win against Tulsa the second time around is not going to mean anything because right. they're going to get booted from the top and, 25. And we've already seen the ACC play some little games with this as well Correct. by getting Notre Dame and Clemson yep. to the championship game. So if, if game. you're the AAC, just play that play why the not one come game out and say, hey, we're doing a one game. Agreed. Winner is the champion. I agree with that. You, you take away the risk of COVID. You take away the risk of injuries. Uh, you take away the risk of, if, if you're the AAC, the best chance... For you is UC. That's correct. So I want to simplify things like the ACC did for Notre Dame and they did for Clemson. And there's no question. They absolutely simplified. There is no way. I, I, I watched how mad UC coaches were last year having to go to Memphis back-to-back weeks. It's difficult. Yes. It's difficult. And it's difficult for Memphis. It was difficult for Memphis. You knew that correct. second time was going to be more difficult. Yes. If, look, if UC's playing Tulsa this week and then they're playing Memphis, I get you got to sure. play the title. Absolutely. If it's Tulsa and Tulsa, which, which it's going to be, there's no other scenario. Why? play this game twice with, I, I, with the world we're in right now. Do you think that there's any chance that they would consider that? Or, or do they not think outside the box enough for that? I think I think Mike Oresco is, is the biggest proponent of trying to get a team to succeed out of the AAC. Mm-hmm. And if that's the case, then you have to look at it this week. And, and I think they would... What do you think Luke Fickle would think to that? Take it right now. 100%. Last week, last year was miserable playing that back to back. I agree. I know. It's, it, um, and I'm sure, Mem- like I said, I'm sure Memphis I, was thinking, "We got to play these guys again." And I think the only stipulation would be what the title game would be at Cincinnati, but this week is supposed to be a yeah, home Tulsa, game for Tulsa. Right. So, how would you handle that? I, Change the schedule moving yes. forward. I mean, yeah. I don't know what else to tell you. But if you play it this weekend, who's to say that you don't like your rankings? Maybe you can find a schedule in that last week of the season. I mean, we saw how easy BYU threw one together. Threw one together very quickly. So that's my that's my AAC um, proposal. How about the ACC? If you're the ACC, why not cancel the ACC title game? Right. Due to COVID. Absolutely. You got two guys in the dance. Absolutely. They're there's both, no both chance, be in there. That's a great. There's no chance that Notre Dame undefeated falls. gets taken out, and there's no chance that Clemson, who lost without Trevor Lawrence, gets taken there's out. There's no question. If Absolutely you're, if you're no Dabo question. And you say, hey guys. We're not going to have a chance to be ACC champs, but we're in the, the college football playoff. Every player says yes. Yes. So if you're the ACC, why not guarantee two seats to the table? Yes. Because then things get really interesting in the college football playoff. What if Florida beats Bama? Yeah, I don't see that scenario. I don't see it, it happening. It's a, it's a what if. But what if? 
I think Ohio State's the one that gets left out because of lack of resume. Yep. But again, you're the ACC. You got a chance to get two seats at the table. And all you have to do is say it's COVID related. COVID now, concerns. As I drove in for this podcast this morning, I was listening to Joel Klatt, who I, I like a lot. I think he's a pretty smart guy. He's a lot like you. He's a smart, smart football guy. Mm. Um, and I thought he made a great point, and he wasn't really talking specifically about Cincinnati, but it kind of tied into the BYU-Coastal Carolina game, and Cincinnati's part of that fallout. If we're going to continue to get to this point of the discussion about the group of five, what's the point? Right. You know, and his point was, why don't we just separate Power Five, Group of Five, let Group of Five go try to play for their own championship? Or let's make this the expanded playoff we've all talked about, especially because you're trying to recoup cash. Mm-hmm. Moving forward, you're going to need to continue to— I mean, the losses for the even the big schools this year is yeah. going to be astronomical. I mean, astronomical. So moving forward, to add that extra layer of playoff um, makes all the sense in the world. I'm and that allows that, that and that allows that group of five teams. I am, and I I've not heard a reasonable explanation Just the why financial not. Financial stuff alone. Major League Baseball did it. Yes. NBA did it. NFL's done it. NFL's done and it. The like, NFL was going to do it, I think, anyway. But yeah, but like every, you have you have the perfect fall here, right? Hey, you know what? Crazy year. We're going to try it this year, and if you don't like it, you got an easy excuse to go back to and, four. And honestly, and I hate to say this for Ohio State fans, but. but Honestly, the best case scenario is that it is two SEC teams and it is two ACC teams and three of the Power Five mm-hmm. don't get a bite at the apple. Yep. I, I just, again, I, I go back. There, there's no chance on, on, on this earth that if I'm the ACC commissioner, I let that title game be played. I'm, I think that's a great point. No chance that I would. Two seats at the table. That's $12 million for your conference because yes, each you team need gets it. $6 million. And that's the point. You need it. Yes, and that, that to your point of the eight team financially alone, it would be a no-brainer, yes. right? Yes. How easy of a sell is that? For TV? Because here's what's going to happen this year. Dude, TV loves live sports, and live sports that matter. Yep. Here, here's what's going to happen. When you're not one of the top four teams, how many players go, are going to want to go play those bowl games? Not many. We're already seeing the, 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 the outcry of players that are like, hey, I'm good. I'm going to go prepare for the draft. You're getting some, op- yeah, you're getting some opt-outs now, in the regular season. Now this year... Out of all that, you have players that are thinking about coming back another year, right? Because you get that free pass. I mean, that players like uh, a couple more weeks of practice, and I got to go through a bowl game. Uh, why? I, I'm like, it would have been a perfect year for eight. It would it would have created the excitement. You already have the built-in I mean, extra dude, week. I, I, it's funny. I was I I came home from broadcasting a basketball game Saturday and watched Kentucky, mm-hmm. um, and that kind of got the blowout. So I turned on. And my wife's a huge fan. She doesn't like me turning off the game. Yeah. So I turned on the end of Coastal, and she was into the end of Coastal BYU. Right. And how? I it, mean, and look, we had, think about that. Just just because she knows who they are, she right. isn't a deep seated fan. But she knew they were both undefeated, and so there we are watching that game, kind of on the edge of our seats. Right. When really, even the winner of that, it still didn't matter. But it was. I yep. want more of that. How could you? You could have a chance to let Coastal have a chance to play Texas A and M, right? With a you know a, a, a play like there there was there's so much that the NCA is is missing out on right now. Well, it's the college football playoff committees, yes, the, the ones committee. that, are, that are missing out. By, it's the col- those that run the college football playoffs. By not are missing expanding out. that, but yeah. I I think this is going to be an interesting week. Um, because do, do you because think, the, you the, think, the, the do you think the AAC would think about it? Do you think Oresco, Mike Oresco would think about? Do, I, I do. I, I think because. If look, if Tulsa, so would you play the championship game this week, or would, would you go ahead and play it on the championship Saturday of the night? I would, I would play it this week because I don't want UC to go three weeks without okay. getting seen, and it, it opens the door. 
Hell, if, when, did, when did Tulsa last play? It's been a little bit for them. No, they played. It? They played this weekend. Who'd they play? They, they, it was a terrible game against Navy. Navy, that's right. You're right. I mean, it was yeah, a yeah, ugly, it was like ugly to game. Six or something. It, uh, or was it even no thirteen even to six? Yeah, it was. Yeah. I mean, yeah, it was right. it was sloppy all the way around. My thing is, if Tulsa was like fifteenth in the rankings, and you could beat Tulsa, and then they'd fall to twenty four, and you beat them again, the second time around with Tulsa, because I think UC disposes of them easy. You're not going to gain anything from it. No, no, I think you're absolutely right. So there, there's no reason to put UC in danger of losing a player or going through something with COVID. And if look, if worst comes to worst and you're going into championship week and you are going to be on the outside looking in, BYU just scheduled a game in less than a week. You can still do that. You, you can, can try to you schedule You can try something. to do that. That's you can the try. Pro- is the try to do it. Mm-hmm. I just don't know if you're going to find a scheduled partner at right. that stage. But at that point, if you find just a Power 5 team, now, it would give you a boost. I, I, I will say this, and I didn't look to see if Texas A&M had a rescheduled game. They did. They rescheduled a game with Tennessee for next week. Um, they play Ole Miss this week and then at Tennessee. I was going to say, I know the SEC did not play any non-conference games, but at that point, if you're UC, could you schedule – could you could, right. Texas A&M want to say, hey – Let's let's play somebody. We we maybe can move the needle with a Cincinnati win right. and vice versa. I, it, unfortunately, logistically, it's not going to work. And I think back to your point, the teams behind UC last week were two lost Georgia, yep. not going to leapfrog them. Indiana. Two lost Iowa State, not going to. As much as Dan Dockett wanted to try to pitch Indiana yeah. during the shootout yesterday, no, no, yeah, it's he, not going to happen. Yeah. Um, two lost Oklahoma and Miami of Florida, which is not going to leapfrog yep. them. So yeah, I mean, I, I think you're right. The, the Tulsa two Tulsa wins is not moving Does the needle. Nothing. You need help in front of you. Yep. So play one, get through it. Put yourself in. It's like, hey, we're we're here. Here's our ticket. We we've we've gone undefeated. We've dominated every opportunity we've had. We're under we're the AAC champions outright. Here's our resume. Do you believe that somehow Ohio State does not play Michigan this week and, and maybe the calls made today, tomorrow early enough? Would the Big Ten try to force another team to play Ohio State? Have to. Now, now I say that. But does the other team then have to have to play? Could they say no? No, they, we, this doesn't benefit us. They very us. well could. And if I just watch what Ohio State did without twenty some starters I know, against right, Michigan State, right. I wouldn't line up to play. Yeah. Um, so then, does the Big Ten, because they put the standard in place, and the standard's only a standard until you change the standard? Would they at that point then say? And I know Barry Alvarez has actually been an advocate of this, mm-hmm. um, of of you know our six game minimum. It just it it was a it was a pipe dream. Um, we're still letting Ohio State play because I just again I go back to, is that five and O resume? If that's all there is at the end of the day, is it enough? I think. And look, I think Ohio State's really good. I don't want this to come off as bashing Ohio State by any stretch. I think they're really good. I don't think that they would beat any of the three teams. Eh, maybe Notre Dame. My only thing is. The way they beat Michigan State without so many players Michigan and without State's their so, been so bad they are. At times this and year. without their head coach, I honestly and again, every I'm I'm the biggest UC fan there is. If Ohio State has five and UC wins the AC, Ohio State will still get the nod. I I, I think that's correct. no matter if it's five yeah. because if you look at the college football playoff committee, if you look on their website, they make it very clear not to talk about number of wins you need. They make it very clear to say that the best teams will be taken. And because of, one, power five bias and a seat at the table, Ohio State is going to get that nod over Cincinnati. What I think would be interesting, if I'm Texas A&M and I have my resume and I'm a power five school versus an Ohio State with their resume as a power five school, as much as it sucks right, because right. I think that would be more of the conversation than UC's conversation. Because the SEC is going to say, well, wait a second, A&M's got X amount of games, 
and they lost one to Alabama. Right. Ohio State's got five games. It, that's not happening. And then the, and then they clash with each other. Yeah, and of the five wins, really the only the only viable they hung win on against it, Indiana. Indiana. That's their only viable win at this point. Nebraska stinks. Penn State stinks. Rutgers stinks. Michigan State stinks. And, and honestly, Michigan's not going to move the needle either. Right. Because they stink. So really, the only viable win is Indiana. So, be interesting. It uh, again, I, I think that I think this is going to be a really, really interesting week in college football because the decisions have to be made now that are going to affect the outcome. And every coach, every conference is trying to look for a way that gives them a chance. Like Texas A&M still got what? Old Miss. They got Old Miss, and then at Tennessee, they've rescheduled the SEC rescheduled a bunch of games on Championship Saturday, and that's one of them. So, but I don't think they're losing to either one of those. I don't think they do, but Old Miss. I think, can put I, think up I think Auburn was a legit chance to yeah. lose, and Auburn had them down in the second half. Old Miss. Old Miss can put up points. Um, I, I just, I think it'll be very interesting if if A and M wins out, and Ohio State's sitting there with five. No, I because think, then you get SEC I, and, I, and, and I, Big look, Ten. And I'm not a big. I'm not. I just don't think A and M doesn't pass the eyeball test for me. No, they don't. Um, but I think that's an interesting scenario for sure. All right, when we come back, we'll touch on high school football. Yes, they're still playing it in the Commonwealth of Kentucky, as we get to semifinal round, and we've still got three teams alive. We'll talk about that when we continue. It's the Angry Quarterbacks podcast from ESP Media, powered by Sidearm Sports. Potholes are the most destructive things vehicles hit on a daily basis. This pothole season, get a free alignment check with any tire purchase. At Firestone Complete Auto Care. Contact Derek Lester at the Kenwood Firestone location for great customer service at 513-401-7892. That's 513-401-7892. Get the skinny on Cincinnati sports with Richard Skinner only on local12.com on the local 12 news app, exclusive content, in-depth analysis, podcasts, and more Cincinnati sports news, 24 seven, get the skinny only on local12.com on the local 12 news app. Welcome back into segment three of the angry quarterbacks podcast. We hope James Rapine is okay. in that cement mixer from earlier in the program, well, it's a cement mixer, maybe he was getting some laundry done. It could be, hopefully he doesn't jump in the dryer. Yeah. Could it be. sounded like for a minute, the phone fell into the dryer. He had to go f- fetch it out. No, but he didn't fetch it out. He was just letting it spin while he talked. <laughs> as, as we talk, so, uh, we talked some Bengals in the NFL in segment one, a little college football, quick segment on high school football because they are still playing it in Kentucky where three area teams are still alive in the playoffs. In Class A, Newport Central Catholic will play at Paintsville. Um, that is a Friday game. And Newcath, uh, off of a very good win over Louisville Holy Cross, which knocked them out of the playoffs a season ago. The Beachwood Tigers will play at West Carter. And this is where they, they have this goofy RPI they're trying this year. Or they've tried the last couple of years, it's right? It's a cluster. All right, so here's what, what Wes Carter gets credit. Keep in mind, this is this is how screwed. Wes Carter gets credit for beating, and no knock, a bad Boone County team because they're 6A and they're 2A. Mm-hmm. Beachwood gets no credit for losing on a last-second field goal to a Cubcat. much better team in Covcath. That's why Beachwood has to go play at Wes Carter rather than Wes Carter playing them. Help me figure that one out. I can't. Okay, I'm, I'm trying. I'm, uh, I'm looking for some a, help. It's a cluster. And your guy, Cam Hergett, man, 200 yards rushing, 100 and something passing, three touchdowns on the ground, he's, three he's, touchdowns through the air. He has had quite a season. He's legitimately making a case for Mr. Football. Yeah, based on what he does. Um, I I said this the other night, and obviously I'll have bias because I I work with Cam. Um, Cam is a perfect example of how much this year in 2020 has hurt high school athletes. Yeah. yeah. Um, Summer camps would have helped him if, enormously. For, for Cam Hergen, if you, if you see him. He looks the part. 6'3", just 
built like a rock, can run the ball, smooth, has a cannon of an arm. The, 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 the prototypical today's multifaceted quarterback. Yes. Um, the knock is when you – and it's the same thing I saw at Redding. Oh, what, what's the competition? But this year, he went up toe-to-toe with Covcath. Yep, kept him in the game. They are dominating the games they should. If Cam had a chance to go to camps in the offseason – this is this is the same for uh, many athletes, especially quarterbacks I work with in the area. You get to go against guys that are playing at D1 level. That's right. And you get and, and show that you and can then play coaches that can say, "Well, geez, he's he, blowing these guys out." He, he ripped that throw from the hash mark yep. to the boundary. So for for guys now in high school, you didn't get an off season of camps. It's judged on your film, and then what do all the colleges have to do right now? They're waiting to see who's coming back. Well, yeah, because everyone gets a free pass this year. So if a college is waiting on a, on a guy like. Are you coming back? Are you going to be our quarterback next year? Or do we need to go get one? There's all these things working against you. It's just, it's it's such a detriment right now because Cam is one of thousands of, of these yes. type of athletes that can play at a high Division One school and is not getting the notoriety based on maybe the conference or based on uh, not having that well, it's opportunity. A small, it's, it's 2A in Kentucky. Yeah. is the second smallest class. Now, Beachwood has dominated it. Right. State but, champion in sophomore year. Yeah. Good year last year. And they're... They're in the running to win another state championship this year. And he's been a big part of that. Blows my mind. I'm with you. Uh, Covenant Catholic also still alive. They won by the final score of one to nothing on Friday Ooh. over Madison Southern because of a forfeit. They will uh, host Bowling Green on Friday. Bowling Green has only two losses on the year. One of those to Louisville Trinity, 42-7. to But Louisville Trinity is on a different planet how than does, everybody else. How, how did they come up with the one point? Uh, that's that's the score of a forfeit. One nothing is a forfeit mm. score. Can't even go two. That's what I was thinking for yesterday. If I was the Bengals, about midway through that fourth quarter, I just waved the white flag and instead of losing nineteen to seven, lose one nothing. It would have been a cover. It would have been a cover. Did you see the? Speaking, uh, speak, speaking of which, as they were driving down late, oh yeah, I texted my buddy. I go, yep, this would be the comes. ultimate bad backdoor cover in the history of the NFL. Here it comes. I have a bad backdoor cover from the weekend. Okay, what do you got? Louisiana App State. The missed field goal. I took the live line at minus four and a half. Oh, if so you, you needed the field goal for overtime. If you didn't watch that game, Louisiana's long snapper had the worst case of the yips I've ever seen. Three bad snaps Awful. over the punter's head. Awful. So Louisiana... Left points on the board, off the board. Up five, decides to run backwards and take a safety. It goes from five to three is the goes final. Goes to five to three. App State then drives down. Has a chance to kick it. Okay, chip shot field goal. I'll go to overtime. Louisiana score. I cover. Field goal. It, it looked like I attempted the field goal. So much, so much to a point that they didn't trust their long snapper. They made it a one-possession field goal game and gave the ball to App State instead of trying to punt. That worked out. Oh, my gosh. Didn't work out for you. Can you imagine that that conversation with your special teams yeah. coach? Coach, I don't think he can snap it. Well, we're down. We're up five. What do you want to do? Take the uh, safety. Let's run back and take it. Well, then we'd be up three and they get the ball. That's okay. okay. Yeah. It, it, beat, it beats the alternative of, 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 of throw, snapping it back over just, his head again. Just week after week of bad beats. Uh, they got to have a segment on the I show. I blame about my that. cousin who texts me that night, like, hey, jump on Louisiana right now, minus four and a half. Okay, sweet. I got a great one along those lines. This was years ago when I was, uh, I was working at Turfway Park and. Um, this is a Pete Rose story, actually. Pete was uh, Pete was in in the in the in what we had a little private room, mm-hmm. and honestly, he was as a client when he was fine. He just wanted to be left alone in bed and yeah. all that stuff. Um, very rarely asked for anything, um, so I'd always go in there, make my rounds, and go go make sure everybody's okay. And sure enough, Pete's got some horse at Aqueduct, and I'm looking up, and the horse is 
winning by a poll. I mean, he's long gone, it looks like. All of a sudden, dude standing next to him, Pete, they don't lose many from here oh. to about that point where the horse stopped in his tracks almost and got beat, and I just kind of tiptoed out of the room yep. thinking, yeah, that, you just can't say that. Yeah, if, if I see the ambulance come by, I'm going to know what happened. <laughs> exactly. And I didn't see anything. Nah, that's a good call. All right, Tony, appreciate it as always. We'll be back next week to bash Zach Taylor some more because he'll still be the head coach, and that's what we've got to do, and talk about the Andy Dalton triumphant we're gonna return. Do, we're going to do 30 seconds next week. We're gonna t- we're gonna we're gonna give the score of the game, who the Bengals played, and then we're gonna move and just let hey, Rob, our producer, replay this show and talk about everything Zach Taylor did. You know, I meant to ask James this. Do you remember a guy the Bengals used to have? Um, oh crap! Where's ninety? War ninety seven was a Pro Bowl defensive tackle. Mm-mm. Do you remember? No, because I remember Jeffrey Christian, Jeans Christian, Gino Gino Atkins. Yeah. Do you remember him? Yeah, 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 yeah. What happened to him? That it was it was. This is how low it got yesterday. Watching the TV broadcast, Christian Covington got hurt. And they flashed to Geno Atkins like, Geno Atkins has entered the game, and he's really fought through injuries this season. Yeah, that's a bunch of BS. Like, come on. like It was like a huge Look, deal that, that Geno got in. That's the best part is is that was the excuse for a few weeks. There's no longer even – in fact, that question doesn't even get asked no. anymore about Geno. Nope, just slid under the rug. Man, oh, man. I what blame an, you. What an organ- Ask I, the yeah, question. I'm going I'm going to have to. I get tired of having the same answer. <laughs> oh, he's so bottled through injuries. Yeah, okay, yeah. well, that, that, that shit it's was One of the worst it. injury bugs I've ever seen. Can't wait for Zoom interviews today, boy. Hopefully get another edition of Tyler Boyd and Jesse Bates. I have not talked to those guys enough this year. You probably won't hear from T. Higgins. Uh, maybe not. The rest of the year. And, and oddly enough, you can't find that interview on the website. Really? It's on our website at local12.com. You can find that Zoom interview verbatim, my friend. He was not taking out of context. He was not misquoted. Love it. He said exactly what he said. All right. Appreciate Rob Evil, our executive producer. For James Rapine and the Cement Mixer, I'm Richard Skinner and Tony Pike. It's the Angry Quarterbacks Podcast from ESP Media, powered by Sidearm Sports. How many cities let you carry a gun and give you four different seasons in a singular month? Sunny, rain, winter, make up your mind. You don't like the weather today, just give me some time. What the coasts don't know is when the sun goes down, the Midwest will rise and take this town. You can put a black chip in the place of your mouth as if you think the Midwest ain't as hard as the South is. Boys find girls and then stay with them, and little kids dance to a collective rhythm. If you don't love it, I don't know what you think, and thank Jesus, I'm Cincinnati Pimp. C-I-N-C-I-N-N-A-T-I-P-I-M-P-I-N. Man, I'm Cincinnati Pimp.